Calling all ninjas. Calling all ninjas. It's time for Lime Ninja Radio. Hello, Lime Ninjas. This is Lime Ninja Radio, the number one podcast for people who have Lyme disease and those who love them. Every journey through Lyme disease is different, and a cookie-cutter approach just won't work. You need ninja skills. I'm your host and acupuncturist, McKay Rippey, and this is episode number 144 with Lime Ninja, Jennifer Heath. Also, welcome with me to the studio, our show producer and the brains behind Lime Ninja Radio, Aurora. Hello, and in this episode, you will learn why the best way to heal from Lyme disease is to treat it like cancer, how the CDC's so-called Dearborn stunt ruined Lyme testing for decades, and how Lyme disease behaves similarly to the AIDS virus. Okay, it's a really wide-ranging interview that we had with Jennifer, mm-hmm. and she brings up a lot of the politics that I've heard around a little bit, things hinted here or there at different meetings, and it was really interesting to hear it all laid out like she did, and I think you're going to find this very interesting, whether or not you really agree that the CDC is the evil monster or just incompetent boobs. Yes. Yes. <laughs> They'll leave the final decision up to you. Yes. And also, we do have our Lime Ninja Radio Keto Challenge starting up. So just go on, go on over, go on over. Gone over. Gone over to the other side. Go on over to LimeNinjaRadio.com and check it out. We're giving away a one-month supply kind of to kick things off there, and then we'll give you information about how you can start your own Keto Challenge to see if ketones will help your brain fog, help your energy, help you just feel better. Ketones are a wonderful fuel for the body, and now they have them in supplement form, and a lot of people really find that it gives them some good sustained energy and helps clear the brain. So it's worth giving it a try. You always got to do your test. Yes. And N equals one study. Yeah, N equals one study. Also, we have a ninja nugget. I feel like we should have some sound effect right there for you today. And the article says there's a newly discovered kind of bacteria that can cause Lyme disease, Borrelia mayoni. Illness caused by Borrelia mayoni. It's a mouthful, isn't it? It is a little bit of a mouthful. Like Miyamotai. Yeah. Maya, anyway, Miyamoto. the other one. Yeah. Yeah. I can say Miyamoto and okay. Borgdorferi, but, but not mayoni, apparently. Anyway, uh, Borrelia mayoni is similar to the, the diseases caused by Borrelia burgdorferi, but with a few possible differences. Like Borrelia burgdorferi, Borrelia mayoni causes fever, headache, rash, and neck pain in the early stages of an infection and arthritis in later stages of infection. But unlike Borrelia burgdorferi, however, Borrelia mayoni appears to be associated with nausea and vomiting, diffuse rashes, and a higher concentration of bacteria in the blood. The more they look, yeah, the more they find. So at least they're starting to look now, right? Well, here's the thing. We we all know, and the scientists know this too, that there are more variants of Borrelia out there. But they have to scientifically identify it and go through the rigorous proof that this is an actually different 
strain of Borrelia. So when they do get to that point and they can announce it to the world and their science can hold up under intense scrutiny from their peers, a peer-reviewed study, it's really important thing. So this is really a breakthrough mm-hmm. for the Lyme community to get a second official yeah. cause out there. And we know there's more out there. We do. So don't don't jump down them. They're doing science the way science is, is – uh, it's supposed to be, to be done, meant to be done, <laughs> has to be done. And so this is something to be celebrated. And we know there are more than two. I mean, the headline made my eyes roll the first time I heard it, that they discovered the second type of uh, bacteria that causes Lyme-like symptoms. And because we know there's so many more than two. But it's a step in the right direction, and it should be celebrated. Yeah. yeah. All right, Aurora, why don't you tell us a little bit more about today's guest, Jennifer Heath. All right. Jennifer Heath is the best-selling author of Overcoming Lyme Disease. She has been featured on ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, USA Today, and the Wall Street Journal. As a leader on the Lyme Disease and Co-Infections group on Facebook and on her blog, Jennifer coaches and inspires Lyme patients all over the world by sharing what they can do from home to to heal and where they should go to for help. Thanks, Aurora. And here's our interview with Jennifer Heath. Will you explain that a little bit more? It's like what what happened with the change? When did that happen? And explain about the test and why some people don't know about this. So can you, can you go in a little okay, bit more detail yeah. there? Yes, yes. And thank you for asking. Um, yeah, this is actually, it's called the Dearborn stunt, we like to call it. This is the biggest crime against humanity. It happened in my home state, Michigan, um, but in Dearborn, Michigan, where certain CDC officers uh, decided to, because they were already working on the Limerick vaccine that you hear Alan Stewart just recently on the news, PBS, talking about, oh, we got to bring back that Lyme test, you know. And it, no, it got pulled off the market. You can't have that test. So anyways, all right, getting back to the real story. So Alan Steer and all the cronies that actually changed the case definition in CDC, they even have all of their papers prior to the Dearborn set that 41 KD was the way that you are supposed to test for Lyme disease. And then you just rule out the symptoms for syphilis. So that, so, that's just one antigen, right? One band yeah, that shows but that, right? it's, it's, but, but all of them have it. So yeah. it's a file, you know, this is, it, this is not a bacteria. That's why the ALDF was started in 1990 by these same crooks and criminals that have patents on all this. They started it to spin the disease to the public because this information wasn't known. You know, as time goes on and more testing and we get more smarter, just like at one point we thought the earth was flat and it's round. Um, and so anyway, so they knew this. And because of the Bayh-Dole Act that was passed in 1980 that gave certain that gave government officials to be able to patent their own work, they saw this as a, whoo-hoo, we can change, you know, we can lie to the public, tell them that Lyme is this, when it's really this, and then we can um, patent new vector-borne diseases and also testing kits to make a profit. So that's what basically what they did. So they started the American Lyme Disease Foundation to spin the disease. It was a propaganda front to tell people that they're nuts, that Lyme is only two weeks of antibiotics and you're fine. And they also, it's funny because the NIH actually had a Lyme and MS division. And you don't see, you don't hear about that anymore because they got rid of that and they hid that because, you know, Lyme actually has a neurological outcome. And that's the outcome that they had changed out of the case definition in 1994 um, because they wanted to sell 
this fake Lyme Rux vaccine. And so there's two outcomes for Lyme, and even these criminals even have papers on it. And if you go to truthcures.org, you can see the criminal charge sheets. And you also could watch a little movie on it um, that we, we post about it and tell everybody about it because um, it shares the crime, how they did it and everything. So what happened was, in so they, they started this propaganda. And then Barbara Johnson in 1992-93, she sent Alan Stir over to Europe over there to change the case definition for what Lyme disease was. And mind you, again, Steer even said 41K before that, Lyme disease, that's how you test. He also said there's two outcomes. There's a neurological Lyme and there's like the arthritic Lyme, somebody that actually has an antibody response like I had. Okay, so for testing. So testing, there's only 85, only 15% of our population will have test positive for that hypersensitivity test, the ELISE test that they added at Dearborn. So they, they don't want anybody to have Lyme disease. So Steer went over there, changed the case definition to get rid of all the neurological outcomes like MS, Alzheimer's, all of that stuff, you know, lymphoma. Those are, those can be spirochete diseases. It, it actually mimics over 350 different diseases. And so he got out, rid of all these, the sickest people. And then he came back and they held the Dearborn conference and they invited different labs around the country. And these labs are like, uh, wait, we're not, te- we're not testing. This isn't, this isn't working. Like we're not picking up Lyme anymore. It's very rare. And so that's where we get the 15% from the testing, how they started doing the least test and then they did the Western blot test. So now hardly anybody has Lyme disease because they, they're not just using the 41 KD anymore. So, but they had numbers on the um, FDA panel. So it got passed and that's where we are today. We're still sitting with this bad testing. This is why nobody is getting, you know, hardly anybody's getting accurate tests. Um, again, the CDC the ALDS front, those people need to be prosecuted. They spun the disease to say it was not a bacterial infection, or no, they to a bacterial infection to the world when they knew it was actually a parasitic spirochete that sheds fungal antigens. The fungal antigen is the outer surface protein of the, the spirochete. So it self-bombs the immune system. And then it self-bombs those, these blebs. And that goes back, the B cells eats them up, and then now it shuts down, permanently shuts down your immune system. The B cells now become mutated where they can't recognize anything. So then you have like Epstein-Barr virus, which almost all of us have. They get to run wild on the body. And also you have all these co-infections that you get along with Lyme disease. You could have mycoplasm, Babesia, Bartonella, you know, all of these different co-infections. And now you have, you know, full range of war on your body, and your body doesn't have an immune response to now take care of this fatal attack. So it's more like an AIDS-like disease. You know, AIDS goes for the T-cell. It's a T-cell virus that shuts down your T, permanently shuts down your T-cells. Um, and, you know, this is actually probably worse. It goes for your B-cells. What Lyme does, a fungal antigen shutting down your B-cells so those viruses can run wild into your body. So, um, so that's what they did. They changed that. And then, um, and the reason why they were doing it was because they were already assaulting Czechoslovakian children. Alan Steer was in Europe giving them this, this vaccine, and those kids would never have been exposed to the same antigen, and they were injecting them, and these kids were getting sick. And then also then they had our own 
in our own country, they had the Limerick's trials going on, and people were coming in and reporting them. They actually had several class action lawsuits against them, and um, and but they were they wouldn't they wanted to change the case definition so they could say no, that's not Lyme. I don't know what you got, but that's not Lyme disease because Lyme disease is only a bad knee. There's no other symptoms now for Lyme disease. And then they were also at that point before they even changed the case, uh, the fraudulently changed the testing. They were using the two-tier testing on these victims so to make their Lyme-Rex vaccine look like it worked. So, um, and thank God for our whistleblower, Kathleen Dixon, who blew the whistle uh, to the FDA about that this is not, you know, this is not accurate in what they did. And so, and because of that, because of her, they they uh, went over to, I think it was Smith Klein, uh, whoever had the Lyme-Rex vaccine, and they said, listen, you need to pull that off or we're going to pull it off the market for you. And so to not look like it, it so they spun it and said that, oh, well, there's not enough demand for this Limerex vaccine, which is like so funny. And so they slowly pulled it off the market. And so that's where we are today. And now here we have Alan Steer on PBS like last week saying that, you know what, you know, ticks are really bad. So now we got to pull back the Limerex vaccine because you know what, these people really need it. Well, no, you don't want to be injected with the fungal antigen, and that's what it is. Um, it isn't the spirochete itself. It's the OSPA, the outer surface protein, which that's what the, the spirochete sheds. It's a fungal antigen, and it's almost like taking a um, needle and, and getting bathroom scum and injected it into your arm. It could probably kill you or, if not, make you severely ill, and that's what these criminals were doing. They were injecting fungal antigens into people and then calling it a vaccine. So there, there we are today. That's amazing. So to, to sum up, they came out with a vaccine. This vaccine wasn't working very well and making people sick. So then they went and changed the definition and how to test mm-hmm. for Lyme disease so that these people who are getting sick wouldn't show up as sick with, with right. the Lyme. And, so, and then, and then exa- now we're stuck with this weak definition of Lyme disease because it was designed to be weak to not to not mm-hmm. show Lyme so, disease, right? And now they're coming back yeah, saying, wait off- a minute, we, we've got this, <laughs> this, this, this vaccine yeah. on the shelf and it's new and better because it's not. All right. It's, it's, exactly. Yeah. So what, exactly. So and now I got to tell you. How- okay, go ahead. You go, go first. Ahead. All right. Well, I got to tell you real quick. Um, guess who owns the patent for the fake Limerick vaccine? I have no idea. Yale University. And oh, that's right. The guess Yale who is. owns the pa- Yeah, yeah. And then guess who owns uh, the patent for the only analytic uh, specificity test that should be used right now for um, that test for 41 KD flagella? And guess who had the patent on that one? Is it Yale too? I didn't use it. Yale had it too. Yep. Yale had the patent for that. So they knew they had the patent for the fake Lyme vaccine. They didn't want to use it because they would show Lyme disease. And then they also, at the time, they said once Lyme was on the market, they said that you can only send your blood, this is the monopoly, the RICO charge, to either Yale, L2 Diagnostic, Carixa, or Emugen. Those three labs, their three labs were the only one that you could send your blood to and the reason that is that they wanted to pet new vector-borne diseases from people's blood and then make new testing kits that they could sell to the public. Yeah. Isn't that nice? Well, yeah. It's n- nice and tidy. Now, once you started yeah. learning about this, this has got you pretty fired up. 
let's say. Oh, yeah. How did you first stumble across this information? Because you're, I mean, you're just somebody who's just struggling through life, trying to make it through and find out, oh, wait a minute, I've got Lyme disease. So now I know what I've got so I can start healing from that finally. Maybe this will take care of everything. When did you find out about all this kind of the back room smoke filled? Well, probably not smoke filled because they're doctors, but you know what I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it was, you know, Facebook and uh, people introduced me to Kathleen Dixon. She's the whistleblower and she's on Facebook and I write about her. She's a hero in my story on chapter 10 about the fake Limerick vaccine. And actually, so I learned, I started communicating with her and then looking at her stuff. And as I was looking at her stuff and learning from her, I'm like, oh my gosh. And I'm like, why are you, are you, aren't you afraid of talking about this being so blunt? And she's like, no, she goes, they can't come after the science. And because we're using their science against them, their own information against them, their patents against them. So it's their stuff against them, what they're saying and how they spun it and lied. So that's how I started learning about it. And then I was already writing my book. I started writing my book like a year and a half ago and about how overcoming it holistically, you know. And then when I started hearing this and, and you know, I was still always not feeling well and, you know, still doing my treatments and I still do that daily because I treat it like cancer, you know, I, cause it's, it's already mutated my B cells. So anyways, I take all my stuff to stay well. And so I am well and it's amazing. So, and my story's in there, but when I started hearing this and understanding it and comprehending, I mean, it took me eight months to a year to understand it. And, and I, and I, I'm hoping I understand it fully now, but it's just incredible. But I read all the science and I, I, you know, I watched her videos and and took notes and I just, it's so hard to comprehend. And then it was so hard to comprehend that this actually happened. And then I wanted to write about it in my book and several times I'm like, gosh, I'm going to get, somebody's going to kill me because this is a smoking gun. See, the same mechanism for this fake Lymark vaccine and what causes Lyme, shutting down the immune system, a a disease of immune suppression. That's what this disease, disease is. The same thing that happens with the failed MMR vaccines, childhood vaccines, you know, we have the smoking gun, which causes that. It's not the thermosel. You know, um, they think it's the thermosel. Thermosel is bad. Okay, I'm not saying it's not bad, but it's not bad. It's uh, the re- MMR is a live viruses. You can't inject rubella into children. One out of 50 children are getting Lyme disease. If they're immune suppressed, they get that. Or if there's an unknown fungal antigen, that's why they put thermosel in there. If there's a virus, an animal virus or something in there, which they use, you know, animal tissues and stuff like that, if that's tainted, they're injected then a live virus, that virus becomes wild and it attacks the body. And rubella is autism. That's what the virus, that's what they're trying to inoculate people against. And that's why now we have one out of 50 children with autism. So this blows the hole to the, to the vaccines, our vaccines, and why... Vaccines actually make people ill. So we have that. We have the smoking gun for the mechanism still for Gulf War syndrome, how they're throwing our heroes under the bus and saying that they're not sick, they're just nuts. And that's not true. They're actually very ill. Um, also for chronic fatigue syndrome and uh, fibromyalgia. You know, fibromyalgia and um, lupus, the, the cronies at the um, CDC, uh, ALDF actually, at one point said that those people were all nuts that that wasn't a real disease and now it's actually a, a real disease and people actually can get disability for. But here's the problem. The Lyme isn't recognized. So there's people that are 
bedridden, left for dead. They can't get a diagnosis. The doctors are telling them that they're just nuts and they can't get on disability. They're losing everything. And, you know, they're losing their families, their homes, they're going into debt. They're, they're doing all this stuff and they don't know where to turn. And, um, and just like AIDS was back before it became recognized as immune suppression disease, which by the way, that's the only disease that the CDC is allowing to be immune suppression disease. Um, Lyme needs to be called an immune suppression disease. And um, anyways, people were taking their lives. And now that's what's happening with Lyme disease. People are told that they're nuts, they're crazy. They just have post-Lyme uh, disease syndrome. After taking two weeks of antibiotics, they're, not, they're pronounced cured. They're left to de- for dead. They can't get medical treatment. They're denied access like I was. You go to emergency dying. And they're, you mentioned Lyme disease. Oh, I mean, you become a, they look at you like you're nuts because that's what their doctors are being told, that they get their information from the CDC, who gets their information for ITSA, Infectious Disease Society of America, and all those people are part of the ALDF. ALDF is the big, the biggest criminals behind this because they have members of these criminals, that CDC, that did all this, so... All of this stuff has to be prosecuted. Um, my group, there was eight of us. I went with the whistleblower, Kathleen Dixon, to um, D.C. a few weeks ago, and we went and lobbied to our senators and Congress people, and we how told was, them about the your, crime. We, how did they receive you? Huh? Did they think you're nuts? or? Well, no, yes and no. I mean, they were just, like, blown away. They're like, oh, my gosh, you know, and um, right now we have a – they're getting ready to do a dear colleague letter. And but see, this is so big. So many of these politicians, they're being, they're being paid by these big pharma. They get money from them. And so that, you know, big pharma is like the big drug cartel, you know, this is something that is so explosive and it affects the world. So it's really hard. Um, but there are people, we have Lee Zeldin's office in New York, and he's the one that is going to start a dear colleague letter for us. And, and he's on the, he's a congressperson on the House of Representatives, uh, House of Representatives, uh, Judiciary Committee. So he is actually going to start the letter. And we've been having people call, you know, call your local officials, tell them that you want to, that you support this. You want them to sign the bill or not the bill, you want them to sign, uh, we want these Lyme criminals prosecuted at the CDC and ALDS, the Lyme crime prosecuted, and we support Truth Cures because we're the only ones, and this is why we're not being attacked, Truth Cures isn't, because we are putting their information and using their information. We're not talking about ourselves. You know, I wrote a book to share, you know, everything that was in there, and I do talk about myself, but I try not to... I try to help people connect the, the dots to all of this in my book. But, um, but you know, it's, it's about the crime. And until this crime gets prosecuted, the testing will never change. The disease definition won't, won't change back. And people are going to continue to die and take their life. And our CDC sets the precedent for the whole world. So everywhere in the world, you know, they're looking at this. And this, if our government doesn't do something about it, you know, other countries might be suing. I don't know what's going to happen, but they have to stop these criminals. And it isn't, you know, they they just trust what the CDC tells them. You know, our elected officials, they don't understand all this. So it's really big. Um, in 2006, by the way, uh, Senator, Blum, well, he was Attorney General for Connecticut, uh, Blumenthal, 
he actually he he went up and sued again. He did a case against sued the ITSA for their guidelines because he said they weren't accurate. Well, they saw it in court and everything, and they finally, after two and a half years, they said, "Okay, we will we will work on this." Well, that was in 2006. Well, guess what? <laughs> ITSA hasn't updated their information on Lyme disease because they didn't they didn't follow through with their promise to Blumenthal, saying that you know what we'll get an outside board and 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 check to make sure that the guidelines are safe and, and are, are right. So that's where we're sitting at. And so Blumenthal tried. Now he's on a senator and we went to his office and um, the Senate Judiciary Committee and we talked to his people. They were young people, lawyers or whoever they were, but they didn't really, I don't think they understood everything. It was pretty overwhelming because when you start hearing the crime, you know, everybody's overwhelmed when you go like, what, what? So anyways, um, but Senator Blumenthal, actually, when he got into going after them and realizing, gosh, Yale University's in Connecticut, I mean, that could have been, they, they didn't have a law in place to go after a fraudulent at the time to, to go after um, the, everything that was going on. And so it got, like, dropped, you know, but, this, but the ITSA never has changed the uh, testing or, or looked into the validation of that. And, um, and so that's where we're sitting. So. Um, this has to be done at a criminal level. The Department of Justice, the United States Department of Justice, has to call, uh, you know, get these people in court and try them. And um, But they've been dragging their feet. Kathleen blew the whistle, wrote up a report in 2003, and our, our Department of Justice has not followed through on that. And so that's where we're, we're sitting. We, we need a... Uh, a judiciary hearing committee have like a C-SPAN hearing, call in these CDC officers, call in an FDA analytic person and say like, look, is this how you normally test for diseases? And I guarantee you it will be no, because they're not, you know, they're not testing for sensitivity. They're not testing, you know, the testing is fraudulent. So we need this where everybody can watch this happen. And then we need to have the Department of Justice do their jobs and prosecute these criminals so we can get everything changed back to how it should be so people will no longer be dying and taking their life. Wow, that's amazing. So do you see this happening in the next few years? What do you see as the path forward here? Oh, I'm hoping it's going to be pretty soon. Okay. And do you think you're trying and, to make it a federal case as opposed to and through a state's attorney general? Yeah, you don't, well, a state's attorney, we, you know, contact your state attorney general and tell them about the crime. Um, but we want the elected officials. It's going to be so big. You know, this is, you know, I, it would drain Connecticut out, okay? <laughs> Connecticut would have no money if this. If yeah, they're already, they're already struggling right now, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know what? Yale University is, what, a $25 billion industry? And, and I think, like, if they did something like this, they would have to pay three times that back to the government, which would be pr- really cool. But um, so, uh, <laughs> you know, they're, they're going down, too, with the ship because they they know this stuff and they're not doing anything about it. That's incredible. I want to pause this interview for a second and make sure everybody knows about the Lime Ninja Radio Keto Challenge. The Keto Challenge is a wonderful way to try exogenous ketones. And as Betsy Walker from Dickinson, Texas says, since I've been on a ketogenic diet again in combination with Keto OS, I've had several lost memories return. 
In addition, I've also noticed that loud noises no longer bother me. Now, we all know a ketogenic diet can help with your focus, energy, strength, sleep, inflammation, mood, basically all the things that get affected with Lyme disease. And adding exogenous ketones is an easy way to boost your ketone levels without having to be quite as strict on the diet. Or even if you are strict on the diet and you're having trouble getting your ketone numbers up, that's one way that you can do it. So go on over to LimeNinjaRadio.com and check out the Lime Ninja Radio Keto Challenge. Now back to our interview. So let's wrap this up in terms of your, I mean, you've got a lot of energy now. So you've obviously come a long, long way in your treatment and can you just tell us yeah. what what's your daily regimen? Because you kept you've said this several times. Oh, I, I treat my Lyme disease like it was cancer. <laughs> so, a, what mm-hmm. do you mean by that? And then, what do you what are your daily or weekly routines that you do to stay on top of uh, your illness? Okay. All right. Well, thank you. Well, I try to sleep if possible. Um, I also watch what I eat. Um, I do organic stuff, non-GMO, um, and enzymes. Enzymes, enzymes, enzymes. Those are the key. Better than oxygen, okay? Um, we need enzymes, vitamins. You need enzymes for everything. It's the key to life. And so I think that's a big part of it. And when I became deathly ill, I had already stopped taking my enzymes. I sort of gave up on stuff. And um, so, you know, I believe 100% enzymes are, are crucial. You know, because our diets are usually 95% uh, bad. There's nothing, there's no enzymes in it. We're not eating fresh fruits and vegetables and stuff like that that our body has, that has enzymes in it to break it down. Instead, we're using our, our pancreas to create enzymes to digest it in our gut and in our stomach. And if, if that doesn't work, then, then we need our gallbladder to produce enzymes to help to finish the deal. Well, when you take enzymes in, I, again, I love Dr. Loomis's enzymes. He's brilliant. And, you know, when you take your enzymes with your food, it will break it down for you and it will spare your metabolic enzymes. So then your metabolic enzymes will be working on the body tissues and different things so they can stay in the area that that needs to happen. So that's a big part of healing. Um, you know, Dr. Gary Gordon, I talked about him while well, he was probably murdered. Um, anyways, in my, in my book, and um, his thing for cancer, too, was enzymes. You know, that was his big thing, uh, coffee enemas, enzymes. And then, you know, diet. And um, so juicing and all that, I think that's a big thing. So I went, you know, it took me a while to get to this point. So now what I do is my enzymes, I watch what I eat. Um, I, I'll do like in the morning, I do like a protein drink with, um, oh, I do some greens. Maybe I'll juice or I do this uh, this combination of, it. you put a powder form and I can't think of it, essential greens I'll do. And then I... And then I will go for a walk because I think exercise important is so important. Just like uh, um, our um, the ancestors, they've always believed that there's two causes of um, disease, and one was um, auto intoxication. That means you're not you're not getting rid of things out of your body, and the other is um, circulation. So if you're not exercising and moving around, you know you're going to get sick. So you got to keep you know your systems moving. And so I you know I do at least. Uh, a half an hour of rebounding where you're jumping on this mini trampoline, which is really good for your lymphatics because that's what this disease does. It goes to the lymphatic system. So it helps drain that. Um, or I do, a, I go for walks. I, um, you know, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm a believer, so I pray. I listen to worship music, you know, to keep me up. I try to 
pay it forward and I try to help other people. And, you know, I'm a big believer in helping others. And that's part of, you know, it gives me the strength is wanting to help and to give back. Um, so the mindset is very important. And then, again, like I said, just, you know, I do bioidenticals because I, they threw me into medical menopause thinking that my ovaries were bad and they were fine. So, you know, I'm 50 and I take these bioidenticals, which is like a fountain of youth and it's good for us. You're, they don't, um, your bones don't waste away and so forth and it helps prevent cancer. So, you know, it's in my book, I explain a lot of the stuff. So, um, but it's a daily thing. So I can't just go off and eat. I don't eat donuts and all of that stuff. I, I stay away from that because I also pay attention. So when I do eat stuff, I don't eat gluten. I don't, um, I stay away from a lot dairy. I do like uh, cashew milk or flax milk with my protein drinks. And in my protein drinks, I'll add like flax seed. I'll add maca. I'll add chia seed. I add coconut oil. And I'll add like tahini butter. So good fats. I mean, we need, it's funny, our, um, our pyramid, how, what they tell us are, it should be, fat should be the smallest, but actually fat, we should have good fats. That should be one of our main thing in our diet. So good fats like avocados and stuff like that. And then protein, protein is very important for your immune system. And that's why you also need uh, enzymes, the protein enzyme to help break that down. So then your amino acids and it can rebuild your, your body. So, so it's fats, proteins, and then carbohydrates. And you want to have the good carbohydrates and you don't want to be eating gluten that will like get stuck in your gut. And so you're going to have auto intoxication from that. Beautiful. Thanks for sharing that. And lastly, yeah. your book, it's doing great. And where can people find it and get hold of it for themselves? <laughs> well, thank you. Um, yeah, I'm like, it's totally a God thing because I'm like blown away, um, humbled. Um, but it's uh, hit number one in five countries, international. And it is on Amazon. And you can also go to my um, website, which I suggest doing and, and putting in your contact information because I'm sort of still figuring um, getting this automatic response stuff going. I'm going to be talking to my editor today, and he helps me with my marketing and all of that. So there will be an automatic response but to anything, any information. But I plan on doing like a newsletter once a month maybe. So you, wanna, you definitely want to put your information in there and give you the latest updates. My blog is also put on there, but right now I'm not going to be putting about holistic treatments or anything like that on there. I'm going to be talking about the Lyme crime because, you know, more and more, we got to get this information out there. So that's my big thing with my blog, but my blog is on there. I started that in uh, 2000, December 2014 after I was slowly starting to feel better from the treatment. Um, and I, I started the blog to... Uh, because I couldn't believe what was happening. I was telling, you know, I wanted to show what was happening, what I was doing to come out of it. And so that's why I started my blog, just to help people. And um, so, yeah, so I would say overcoming Lyme disease is very simple. Go to there and there's a link to the book. So it goes to Amazon. And, you know, my big prayer is that after anybody gets my book is that if you would please, please, please write a review you know, write wherever your heart tells you to, you know, um, about my book because that will get me higher up on that. And it's not about me getting higher up on the standards. It's about getting this information out to the world about what's going on. And so the people that are dying and, and are really sick and left for dead by the medical establishment – 
they might have a little hope to know like why they're suffering in silence. And so, you know, I just hope and pray that that happens. So people, you know, will go like, aha, because I already have so many, I already have nine reviews and people are left and right commenting and telling me like, oh my gosh, you know, this made a, such a difference, you know, it, it validated them. And that's what we need. You know, unfortunately we're sick. We're not getting validation from our doctors. And then, you know, what the doctors say, or then our family thinks we're nuts because the doctor th- thinks we're nuts. And if you Google anything about Lyme disease, that, you know, everybody will think you're nuts because it's only a two week of antibiotic treatment and you're cured. So, you know, and it isn't, it's a disease like immune suppression disease, like AIDS, it's an AIDS-like cancer-like disease. And it has to be recognized like that. And, and really people need to, anybody they hear that has that, you know, communities need to rise up, rise up and help those people. Don't throw them off like they're nuts, you know, care about these people. They're sick and they're dying and they need help. And, so there, that's how I went over above and beyond where my book is. So you can tell I'm passionate about helping people. <laughs> what's, what's your website? It is overcominglymedisease.com. The name of my book is the name of my website. That's perfect. Easy to remember. Yes, yes. Yep. Well, Jennifer, thank you so much. It's been an entertaining, and you were right. It was an entertaining and winding conversation, but we covered a lot of important ground. And the whole Lyme crime thing was something I was aware of in the background, and you really helped explain that to me and what the importance of that is. So I really appreciate that. Well, thank you. And not only you, but all of the listeners here today, I hope they contact their local officials and and tell them that, you know, you want this Lyme crime prosecuted and that you support Truth Cures and that um, because we have to have this prosecuted if any of us are going to get better. Well said. This was a fascinating interview. How so? It's, I always, I try to live by that saying that don't, ascribe to malice what you can't also describe to ascribe to stupidity you know that's that quote but if this if what she's saying is true and that they deliberately the that Lyme disease doctors back in the day or the CDC I should say deliberately changed the diagnostic criteria for Lyme disease in an attempt to you know make that vaccine look good I mean that's kind of damning it's if it is true if it is true right it's it's a criminal enterprise it's yeah. a cover up of the highest order and people should be punished for that now by the time this gets to court they may no longer be with us so it may just be a matter of cleaning up afterwards but either way it would be interesting for this charge to get its day in court so that the facts could be discovered and yeah. somebody could really, cause really at this point we have conjecture and we, you know, we do have a whistleblower and assume that she's telling the truth and has the facts all correct, but you never really know. And a, a trial would help do that. And it would be interesting and it's frustrating. It would help the future and the public health side of things to move this forward. Ultimately, it makes not that much difference in your own personal Lyme journey. 
However, it does, it's like one of those public health things. You, the, the individual, like with the vaccine, it may not, you get the flu vaccine, you may not be protected, but if everybody gets a flu vaccine, enough people are going to be protected that it makes a difference. So it's kind of like the, with some of the vaccines, and I know there's there's problems with vaccines and the with the mercury, and it can get your immune system going. But the way a vaccine works is that if the entire population takes it, then yeah. there's a protective effect. And if some people within that population refuse, they're still protected by the other ninety percent of people who yeah. aren't taking it. Now, don't send hand mail about vaccines, please. Uh, that's a issue for that's another an entirely day. other kettle yeah difficulties with vaccines right are. But that's but that's <laughs> the best thing i could come up example i could come up with right off the top of my head here during the recording but it, it's a public health issue so getting this cleaned up would help the public health would help people in general and it may m- make zero difference to you individually so don't put your eggs emotional eggs in that basket get that we're going to go get those so-and-sos, those SOBs, and we're going to make them pay for what they've done to us because it may or may not happen. You know, but politics and the courts are are a crazy thing, and, and crazy things happen all the time. And lawyers know if they can settle out of court, that way they can guarantee an outcome. They don't want to take things to trial because trials are just a, almost a crapshoot from time to time. You never know what the jury is going to think. Sometimes they side with you and sometimes they don't. Sometimes you have a better lawyer. Sometimes the other side is a better lawyer. So anyway, so that's my little warning there is, you know, advocate, push, sign petitions, talk to people, get the word out there, but try to keep some emotional distance between these things because they're totally out of your control. It's like being really upset when it floods. We had major floods here. You know, it's a pain in the neck, but there's nothing you can do. You can stand there and yell at the rain and say, don't come down or pray for it not to come down. It's either going to come down and or not come down. It's out of our hands. And this is one of the things that we can influence. We can add our voice to the course. We can be another snowflake in the storm. And maybe that'll help things get rolling there and lend our support but let's also keep some emotional distance there. So we already have enough stress being in Lyme uh, with Lyme disease mm-hmm. and the stress that that does and the day-to-day living with Lyme. And to add a political layer on top of the political layers that are already stressing people out is just over the top. So just a reminder to keep some emotional distance. Yeah. How did we get on that? I care about also- I care about you out there and don't want you going through the highs and lows of going after a political witch hunt because it's you know you you've seen some of the examples in the news recently with the FBI director and with our president and back and forth he said he said she said well it's actually he said he said, he said right he said. back and forth and you know these are the biggest power players in DC with a lot of attention and you can see things either moving forward or not moving forward it's very very difficult to get these things rolling here and it really takes you know some networking and some behind the scenes work and getting uh, a prosecutor interested in the case. And it's not necessarily easy because there are many, many cases like these out there and there are limited resources and limited time. So mm-hmm. keep advocating. It's healthy for you. It's Keep your anger. That can be a motivating force too, but don't let it consume you. Don't let that run the show. Use your anger. Don't let it use you. Okay. And on that note. Thank you, Yoda. <laughs> thank you, Yoda. <laughs>
I was wearing my Japanese Yoda shirt the other day with very cool sunglasses, iridescent sunglasses. Yoda the cool. Yes. As a reminder, besides that reminder, as a reminder, head over to LimeNinjaRadio.com and enter into our Keto OS giveaway and check out the Keto Challenge while you're at it. Yes. And just a little note on my arm. I saw my first Lyme patient today. And that's the first time I've been in my office, not to feed the turtle and clean the tank, in six, seven weeks, eight weeks? In a while. I think it's been eight weeks. So it, I survived it. Uh, I was able to hold a needle, insert a needle, and that was good news. And uh, I also had the psychic energy to stay present for a couple hours. I did have to take a nap when I came home. Woo-hoo. So definitely have to rebuild my stamina again. But things are on the mend. So thanks for all the kind notes and the kind thoughts sent my the way salve and, and yes the, the salve salve i can never pronounce that correctly the silent l yeah <laughs> all right aurora thank you so much for your help putting together this week's episode with jennifer and you longtime lime ninjas out there know this podcast would not be complete unless aurora left us with a lime ninja fact of the day did you know Ninjas do not get parking tickets. They get thank you for parking here notes. Lime Ninja Radio is a purely public broadcast and is not intended to be personalized medical advice for any individual's specific situation. Each individual's medical situation is unique, and Lime Ninja Radio should not be relied upon and or considered as personalized medical advice. Lime Ninja Radio is not licensed to render medical advice and should be considered simply the public opinion of Lime Ninja Radio and its guests. Recommendations on specific treatment options are not intended to address any listener's particular medical situation. As always, contact your physician before considering any new treatment.